Blog Talk Radio. Radio and ultimatesportstalk.com and also on uh, johnmdavisbooks.com at the LFL Network now. So welcome to the Blitz. Oscar Lopez, your host, and alongside uh, Troy Wilson. Uh, Kishi Free will not be with us today. She wasn't able to make it, so we'll look forward to her return next week. Um, so uh, Troy, uh, big, big moments happening in the global scene in terms of the women's game. Uh, BAFA women, uh, congratulations to the Birmingham Lions in BAFA. Uh, they win the tournament, the Sapphire Series tournament. Uh, congratulations to our no-joke football supporter, uh, Phoebe Shelter. And uh, the Lions come away, as well as the London Warriors. Um, you can follow all the recap. It's coming up this week. The recap will be on uh, UK First Down. So you can follow that as well. Um, so... You know, and then we have um, the also the exciting moments in semifinals in Gridiron Victoria. They're going to kick off, and we'll go into that in a couple minutes here, as well as Legends Football League Game One on YouTube. So we'll touch to that. Seattle, um, the Seattle Miss versus the Austin Acoustics, the 48 to eight win, and then we'll dive into uh, the recap at the end. But first and foremost, we have two guests today, and we actually have three guests today, and if you want to include four guests, but technically we have three guests and we have a, an actual additional co-host at 45 after the hour. So uh, Captain Crutches will be back with us at 6:45, which is Holly Custis of the Seattle Majestics. A couple minutes, we are going to have the talented uh, all-star and MVP Odessa Jenkins, which is the owner also of the Dallas Elite. And we'll have Michael Burmey, who is uh, one of the followers on the women's uh, football chat, and he's got some rankings that he put up. So, Odessa and him are going to talk about power rankings in the WFA. So, Troy, how's it going so far today? Uh, pretty good. I can't complain. You know, enjoying the weather out here. Um, you know, the weather's just been great. Um, so I went outside and soaked up as much vitamin D as I could. You know, hit the gym before I got here, so I'm feeling good. I got my blood flowing, so I'm ready to rock and roll. So we're having uh, we're having good uh, good weather everywhere. I think uh, in the 80s out here in Cali too. So that's 
that's good to hear that it's actually going to go into summer, spring, summer. Uh, we did have a game <laughs> in Colorado. Uh, the KC Titans, Katie Sowers and the KC Titans traveled to Colorado, and we'll discuss that in the recap as well. But they traveled to Colorado, and it was six inches of snow against the Mile High, the Mile High Blaze. So that was kind of interesting, uh, different, <laughs> if you're playing in snow in football. So yeah, that, that you know, was kind of exciting. Now, I, you know, I get to laugh now when, when I, you know, I felt so uh, just so angry when, you know, we had the snow that we had here. I think we had about 30 inches. And then I have some friends that, you know, live out in uh, San Diego and Miami, and they're taking pictures, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at Facebook just growling at the pictures. So now I can kind of feel the same way, you know, for the folks out in Colorado. I know they're probably used to it, but you know what? I don't want to see any parts of any snow for a long time right now. So I'm going to just enjoy the weather that we have in these 70s and mid 70s. I'll take it. Yeah, and playing in a snow game, it's totally different mindset because you got Mother Nature on top of everything else to worry about, not just your opponent. And you got footing, uh, slippery, wetness, moisture. I mean, I mean, you name it. It's just, it's, it's fun, I guess, if you want to consider it that. It's pretty much a different element of the game. But uh, mistakes, obviously, a lot. You're more prone for mistakes and drop balls and everything else included. So it could become, it could become a follies game in some instances, right? Well, I mean, when you're playing in the snow, I mean, the the one thing, well, the one group, and I guess it's two groups that you would say would be the defensive line, the offensive line that probably enjoys it the most. Uh, your wide receivers might get a little bit bored, but when they make those catches in the snow, um, you know, it makes it, you know, uh, you get a lot more bragging rights with that. Uh, with the running backs, if you, you know, make a cut and your player falls on the ground, oh, that's definitely bragging rights. I mean, you definitely want to see that clip again. It's nothing like making a move one way and then seeing somebody fall the other one. So, but, I mean, for the skill positions, it's a little bit harder. For cornerbacks, it is not fun. You know, it's not fun for those guys. They depend on change of direction, and they have to, you know, anticipate these things sometimes, and it just takes them all out of their game. So if you can play cornerback in the snuddle and still be effective, it's a great thing for you. So the recap we're going to go into, uh, it's pretty exciting. The WFA uh, week three, uh, there's a lot of uh, things that happen, and we're going to go run into that after uh, after the interview here. So exciting week there. Then we got the IWFL recap. Uh, the women's game in Guam as well, week three in the women's game in Guam. And then we also have the um, – we talked about BAFA women as well, uh, for them that's already ended. So we'll go into a lot of – there's a lot of leagues playing right now, in international, in the international realm, and uh, some of them with complications in terms of the playoffs, like in Victoria. And then the other ones are just feeding up, just like here in the U.S. And then in May, we go in full swing, which is the WWCFL in Canada – the MWFL in Canada. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, I don't know what uh, everybody was saying to me on Facebook, but some people were saying, Hey, uh, I never, never knew that all these other leagues existed. And so uh, it's great to hear that somebody's actually being aware of that there is women's gridiron and it's being played, not just in the States, but internationally as well. So um, Troy NFL, um, you know, there's a couple articles that came out. We'll go into that right now. Couple articles that came out uh, has to do with concussions. I guess JJ Watt, uh, JJ Watt went on radio saying, "Hey, uh, there is a, there is an opportunity now where the players are thinking twice about longevity in the league, uh, more short-term 
gain and maybe an, an opportunity for them to exit earlier in age uh, versus, you know, staying longer. So the I would call the Peyton Manning swing has gone the other way where you're not going to stay for 20. <laughs> you might get a good five to eight um, seasons in, depending on your position. So what's your thoughts there? Um, I think you're, you know, I think the biggest thing is when the dominoes started to really fall after Chris Borland retired for San Francisco. If, if any of you guys aren't familiar with Chris Borland, he was a rookie uh, linebacker, a rookie middle linebacker out of Wisconsin. He was drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. He was in the third round. Patrick Willis got hurt, and he took over for him. And this guy, excuse me, not Patrick Willis, but um, uh, I forget his name that quick. Uh, but he, he took over for him. And during his rookie season, he really showed a lot of promise. And so the future looked really good for him. And, you know, it was very promising for him. And then suddenly he just retired. And when he came out and he said he retired, and he said, listen, you know, the effects of the game, I just feel like that I want to be able to walk away from the game, and you know, with, you know, all my faculties about me. And I think after that he saw Patrick Willis retire. You saw a number of players retire for the San Francisco 49ers. And I think you're. I think that's actually going to be the trend now. I think you're going to have a lot of these players who end up getting uh, their play into their second contract, and they're not going to look for a third. I think they'll play out that second contract. Whatever happens, happens at that point. And once their contract is over, I think they're just going to walk away. And because these guys want to have their health when they when they get old, you know, um, you know, a lot you, a lot of times you see these older NFL players, you know, and like Earl Campbell. I mean, Earl Campbell played, I believe, six seasons in the NFL, and he can barely walk. I mean, these guys really don't want to end up like that. So I'm starting to see that being the thought process with a lot of these NFL players. And J.J. Watt himself said that he doesn't think he's going to play that much longer, and he's actually on his second contract right now. Yeah, and I think it's really going to boil down to, um, you know, uh, long-term is what you're uh, what they're thinking now at this point, more so than just – the play of the game. I mean, because you, you you make you make an average of twelve million or more on average season, and you do that for twelve. I mean, for maybe six, four to five seasons. Uh, I think if you invest correctly, you'll be, you'll be fine to walk away financially. I mean, if you if you put things in place, if you think financially and business sense, you're able to walk away. Unfortunately, the majority of the percent the percentage isn't necessarily in that top percent of superstars. It's really at the bottom feeder stages, which is the non-relevant player that probably doesn't make that much money. So that's the players that are obviously going to stay probably longer, given the fact that they're not getting the you know the long-term guaranteed contracts. Um, so yeah, I mean you you got to think about it, and especially with the concussion issues that are going on right now. Uh, you know everybody's coming out of the woodworks now from the past. The league really has. Uh, I think a legal, not just a legal issue, but it really has a perception issue now because there's a lot of people that used to perceive it as, you know, this great sport, and now we're starting to see that because of the repercussions of the sport, long-term effects are starting to take effect, and uh, guys are starting to wise up, as you're you're pointing out right now, that it's better for them to walk while they're still walking (laughs) than to be crutched on a wheelchair, I guess. Yeah, and then you see that with, um, you know, Hussein Abdullah, the safety to play for Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a top-tier player, but he is a he's a contributor, he's a starter, he's a spot starter, and he ended up retiring at 30, and he cited one of the reasons for him to retire 
was because he had a stiff concussion. Uh, same thing with Mike DeVito, who also played with the Chiefs, 31-year-old guy, and he still has some tread on the tire, but he just decided to walk away. I mean, this is going to be, you know, the narrative going forward. And I think what you're also going to start to see is that this thought process is going to start trickling down to the lower levels. Uh, you're going to see college players who have a chance to be in the NFL and just say, you know what, I have other options. I can go play baseball or, um, you know, I could be a doctor, I can be an engineer. And it's just a lot safer than for me to walk around and with a you know debilitating injury for the rest of my life, and then I won't be able to take care of my family, or my family end up having to take care of me. And most prideful men, you know, don't want to have stuff like that happen. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's you know finer points of it. Um, how about the Johnny Manziel thing? His agent drops him. Do you think the, the agent was drunk, or he just came to his senses? Well, it's the second one that's done. So you have to ask yourself, what is this guy doing that's, you know, having these agents walk away? I mean, agents don't typically walk away from money. You know, agents try to save you. You know, they'll save you as much. They'll put their cape on, and they'll, like, you know, I'm going to get this guy to, you know, do what he has to do. And you got two agents that have walked away from him. So just, I'm just, you hear the stories about Johnny Manziel, and it's one of those things where, most of the time, if you hear a story about someone, you think there's exaggeration. I think it's actually the opposite. I think the words that you're about Johnny Manziel are actually underplaying what's going on with this guy. It's not just alcohol. You know, we're talking about hard drugs that this guy does. And he really likes doing these hard drugs, apparently, because, you know, he's willing to risk, um, you know, playing football, um, you know, to get these drugs. I mean, but he, this guy, he, he obviously has a problem. And, you know, he's going to have to get some help. You know these things aren't. He, you know, it's, it's not it's not easy to to get over these things. I have had my father who suffered from addiction to substance abuse, and you know he doesn't use it to this day, but he still has the after effects. I mean, so in other words, I mean he's always going to be an addict. You know, and to to actually think of it that way, this is going to be a constant battle with him, and teams are going to sit back and not, and agents as well are going to sit back and say. Is it really worth it to have to try to babysit this guy? And I think, honestly, if he were more talented, I think they would be less apprehensive about it. They would put in more effort to it. But I don't think these people, the agents, think he's really going to pan out as a football player. Yeah, and I I agree with – I mean, you get to a stage – we talked to Nicole Rodriguez, member uh, from NRPR, and she was saying, you know, at some point the Angels doesn't – decides that this person is no more val- it's not valuable for representation. I think that's where those two agents have now come to to pass to say it's not worth my time and effort or you know to to even work with it. So yeah, juice isn't worth the squeeze. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, this and you I've seen clips, I've seen video clips. I mean, everybody every time he comes around, somebody has a cell phone up, and he doesn't duck, he doesn't hide. He's you know throwing money around, he's drinking, he's you know doing drugs. I mean this. I, I think you know he. I don't think he loves football that much. I mean, to to go to the depths that he has gone to, I don't think there's a love there, and I think that's part of the reason why no one really wants to you touch think, this guy at this point. Troy, Troy, we had talked about how lucky he was to be in a scheme or a team setting that um, offered him the opportunity to blossom in that stage, and now we're seeing him in a position where he has to be by himself. And now we're seeing the crash and burn. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, and, you know, he, he put out a statement today saying that, you know, he'll do everything he can. But honestly, man, it sounds, I, hate to, I hate to be the skeptic, but that sounds like drug addicts off. You know, it does. It's just, oh, you know, I'll get it yeah. care of. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. And, and I don't believe yeah. a word of it. Until he does it, I, I won't believe any of it. And I, I just don't think he'll recover. I honestly don't think he'll play another down of football in the NFL. All right. So, with that note, um, we are going to bring in, uh, in the No Joke Football Huddle, Michael Burmey of Fan Art. And we're going to bring in the uh, talented and owner of the Dallas Elite. Odessa Jenkins. So let's bring them on here. Hey, good evening. Hi, Odessa. Hey. What's good? This what's good? This Mike Burma here. Oh, Michael, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Is Odessa, are you My on? My pleasure to join this. My pleasure yes, to join. I've I been know, a fan of the game for quite some time. It's a real honor to be on here. So thank you both. Also, thank you to OJ. You're one of the legends in this game there. And while we're and I have a feeling, I look forward to our discussion and. Hope we can just agree to disagree at least. No, man, this is a, a debate. We need a winner and a loser. <laughs> <laughs> always competitive. Hey, Michael, uh, Michael, I will have this. I will have you put you in a. Um, let's go to the corner mentality right now. I will tell you that the <laughs> the uh, Dallas elite owner does not come to lose debates or games. So you're in for a twelve round fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Hey, Michael. Okay. The, the thing, but the don't thing expect is, I'm not throwing the towel anytime soon. No. Don't expect me to throw the towel, though. We're joking around. I, I, I really, um, oh, yeah, yeah. again, I respect, I respect you um, and love the fact that you show attention to this game. And like I said, I would, I would never disrespect the time you've put in um, with what you do. I just, like yeah. you said, we, we will agree to, to disagree, but we both love this game. And, and that's the one thing we can come in and leave with. Exactly. Uh, be, so, Odessa? Already you're fighting. Uh, to, to all the listeners out here today, already you're fighting. This is going to end at least – this is going to be much, at least more civil than any of the presidential debates. No, <laughs> let's not get into politics because we'll go really in a, a bad way. Um, I just Odessa, want, let's start, let's start with that. you. Yeah, let's start with you, Odessa. What was the uh, – I wouldn't say the issue, but what was the thing you saw there that uh, that Michael posted that you felt maybe that was should have been different or something? Yeah, I think the, there's a couple things for me. The, this game's working really hard to be validated, right? And I think in, in, in a lot of uh, sports, uh, you know, there's, there's good words and there's bad words, like there's the F word. It's, the V word is very important for me in women's football right now in a time where it has more eyes on it than any, anywhere. We are working to be validated. We are working to have all the things that we put into it on and off the field be valid. And so when I saw um, Michael's um, rating, I was, I was one surprised. Um, and then when I saw his algorithm, I was even more surprised, um, just because I, th- in my opinion, um, the the it encourages things that we are trying to get away from in this game. Like we are trying to go towards parity and 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 actually applaud parity, and we're trying to get away from applauding teams for beating beating each other by a hundred or seventy. And we're trying to go towards 
teams actually investing in playing, top teams investing in traveling and playing in each other, playing each other, and away from teams being rewarded for playing whoever's in their city or region and then getting spanked when they get to championship or playoff game. So That's, I just felt like – sorry, go ahead. I had that – I had that in mind. I was thinking exactly of that. That is why I put in there one part of the – the first thing I listen to the algorithm is that you only get an extra point. You only get a point just for a win if it's a win of your t- a team in the same or against a team in the same or higher tier. No, extra, no, ex- no points just for a win if it's in the lower tier. And second of right, all, I, about blowing out about – blowing, about the blowouts issue there, I used to – I was feeling just – I had the same reaction to you there. I was asking teams about this, then all of a sudden they got really defensive, saying that we're just – we're doing what we can't. We're not – can't stop our team from scoring. It's your job to stop us there. And then I realized – then I suddenly recognized after seeing the USA beat Germany in 110 to nothing in the game and then looking at the reactions there, and I suddenly realized that, you know, it may not be good, but it's part of the game right now, and you just have to go along and roll with it. Yeah, but I don't think your algorithm should roll with it. I think your algorithm, if it, if you're going to have it out there and publish it, it needs to set a precedent and do and make us behave in a way, or um, like I said, it it should complement and reward the things you want to see in the game, not the things you see in the game, right? So and, right. and the other assumption that that the algorithm is making is that there's complete parity in the first, in the tiers, and that, and that's if you watch women's football, particularly in the WFA, there isn't. There are about five teams who compete annually for the national championship. And there are another 10 or nine, and there's 13 you had on your list, that that just don't. I mean, we can call it what we want to call it. So the team at the top of that tier versus, you know, the first five teams at the top of the tier one, versus the last five teams at the bottom of Tier 1, there is no – and I don't want to disrespect people, but there's just there's just no parity. And I know um, that from your perspective, if you play it – like you said, if you play it out, like, for instance, we're going to play um, the Arlington Impact on Saturday. My WSA game point, of the week, by the way. Right. So, but what if – what my thing is, my I, I'm working my ass off, Mike, to get – Sponsors and people to look at and validate a twenty thousand dollar investment in going to DC in week two, and then they come back after and they look at it first. The results aren't even up on my league website, so that's that's one thing. Like I don't, and then the next next thing is that they they see a rating and they don't know what's valid. They have no idea. They just see a guy rating and they say, okay, well, these must be the ratings. And what, what, you guys aren't number one? What is that about? So, and then I got to explain something that I can't even validate. Yeah, well, there's. This, this well, is a challenge you, I had. Have you, well, as you seem to have posted, as I saw posted on the league's page, it seems the team seems to get that there's the issues with our ranking system there. There's the issues with any system you put out. The other system you put out there. I saw one ranking system which had the impact three spots ahead of you, and you were all the way down. I know. I got six. that up on my on my billboard this week, Mike. I'm using that as game day material. 
Yeah. And that's what was, and that's so do we, uh, Odessa, I'm sorry, oh, Michael, sorry. Odessa, um, do do we look at, we have Massey ratings, we got easy easy rankings from the previous seasons. Um, there was, I think, the ratings, one of the ratings I was watching, I, I don't know if it was a Massey rating, it had the force at up first, then you you guys were up second, uh, and then it was Central Cal and then D.C., Boston, Pittsburgh, um, as you were claiming, Odessa, the top five, basically. Uh, and right. so that was probably more accurate in that in that aspect because I think that's the true picture where we're at right now after three weeks. Do you agree? I, I would agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think Chicago, like if you if you because Massey had a they have a preseason ranking with the league, and then they come out with their first results after the second week of play. Uh, but they absolutely take on strength of schedule as one of their key factors. And Massey's very Correct. complicated, but it holds. But it holds true to some of the most valid algorithms related to football. The BCS, for example. And this is where I had Mike a problem with you because the BCS, at its core, similar to Massey, has three like core things. And I'm sorry, I'm at practice, so I might get this wrong, but. They, they take who you played, they look at who you played, who won, and the date and location of the game. Like, at the, at the heart of it, the top cornerstones of your algorithm should be that. And I think the core flaw, in my opinion, of your algorithm is if I beat Arlington by 100 points on Saturday, I'm going to run away with the number one spot for a couple of weeks. Three, four in your, in your, because then I then I got Austin coming to my place, who the impact beat by seventy. So I, yeah. I just, you know what I'm saying? But I, yeah, I, I know, know what you're saying. But the fact is about the beast. The thing is about these ranking systems. There is the reason why I didn't do any preseason rankings. Strength of schedule is there is that, like it or not, the sport's still kind of unstable. One year a team could be on solid ground, next year they get depleted. So that's you just never know which teams are gonna which teams are gonna be surprises there. But you know which Since teams we... are gonna win it based on his history. So you can you can say that. But based on the history of the WFA, there's been few champions, right? That's and, correct. And the same teams have made it to the semifinals and the finals. So I get it. You're right. There's some instability, right? The surge went away. That would throw it off a little. It just means that maybe you have to do a little more work on your preseason ranking. But to say okay, that that's, this, that's true. But, but that's true. Well, well, let, but let, but I gotta ask something there about the WFA. Few, the few WFA champions we had. Well, three of the teams in the first two WFA national championships, three of the teams playing those games are, are now in tier two. The other one is no no longer exists. So. I hear you, but I'm but I'm telling you, their opponents though. Like if you think about it, their opponents, yep. and if you take it even one step for uh, backwards, the conference champions, the yep. conference champions, the regional champions. These these are all the same teams. If you look at yep. the top teams by wins and losses, even I, I don't even think it needs to be that more scientific. It 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 requires work, and I think that. To be to be more valid, that you should do that work with your algorithm. I can't change it, but I think that work, if you're going to publish it, should be done. 
Okay, well, let me. Well, I have to point somebody else. Okay, I see what you're saying, but I got to point out another another example out to you. You brought you brought up the Austin Outlaws. In the WSA's first season, they were national championship contenders. They won the first. They won the first Texas Division Championship. This year, they're all. This year, they're all the way back down in Tier Three. So you got to be. Bro, very, that was nine I didn't years ago. Expect, I did not expect them to lose Arlington by seventy. Went undefeated, like that was not. That was ten years ago. I'm not saying go back in the to the beginning of the sport. I'm just saying you last couple years, like my. Well, I mean, in two, like my Lakers were pretty good five years ago. Yes, you know what I'm yes. saying. Like, five years I'm, ago, I'm just saying like use, 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 use. <laughs> no Magic Johnson, no. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm a I like the Cowboys. But I'm just saying you have to use some sort of historical data. I'm not telling you to go back ten years, but even if you go back three, there are going to be some anomalies there. But you are going to have some valid data to give you a preseason well, ranking. I think to say it can you know be what? done is, is lazy. You know what? The only the only issue I have, uh, so we can p- basically put it in in a perspective. The only issue I have here is you have uh, the tier system, and the tier system really wasn't even uh, in you know put in place by the league. I think it was put in place more by Neil to kind of break down where where the teams fall in terms of a tier system. But when you break down, break it down that way, it gets a lot more confusing. When you do it in a college poll sense, which Massey does, as to Odessa's point, when you do it at, in that sense, you have the strength of schedule, which is more of a validation for a ranking. Because to her point, uh, you know, playing D.C., totally different level of, of gameplay and competition versus playing a lower, lower tier team. So you have to kind of come up with that. So I think Michael, uh, in the sense with your ranking, it makes sense in certain aspects with the point system. But to her point, it's really more about the individual matchups in the competition sense, just like college football does, to try to make sure that we're giving both sides, both teams, basically a true ranking, like she says, because we're using it here in a sense where, to her point, it's a business model uh, reflection so for her to present something in terms of a business sense to a, a sponsor, uh, it has to be somewhat validated by saying we are number two, we're, we're, we're working towards number one, or we are number four and we're working towards number three. And, and so it has to be a trusted source. That's what her point is, a, a real trusted algorithm with, the, with a trusted source that you can literally validate and say that's probably ideal where we're at. Is that correct, Odessa? Yeah, I, that's what I said. Okay, now first off, okay, what sort of things? Of course, okay, I, now I'm of course I'm open to suggestions. For example, I could, I could for example say that I'm will, for could for example be willing to cap the points, the the extra points for, the extra points for being a team there. I could cap it to say forty points, like here the WFA does for tiebreakers. Yeah, or just get rid of points again. Why? Why do you? I'm just. I don't understand why you need the point spread. Uh, well, I don't even understand my, why you need that. What is the? In my opinion, so like I don't get it. If 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 number one beats number two by fifteen, and number three beats number two 
by 16, I mean, what does that tell you? Number number three is better? Is oh, one point – or number one is one point better than number three? No. And I'm just trying – I think that – I don't know. I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't – I wouldn't even to be in there somehow. I think that the mm-hmm. – the, I agree. When you're – I think when you're when you're when again any by anyway even the forty point thing you're you're still incentivizing in my opinion in this sport you talk about it being unstable don't incentivize it man don't even make it a thing true because yeah. it's okay. unpredictable it right. my, that's just my opinion yeah okay but if I no, I agree points, I agree with her but if I eliminated but if I eliminated points but I but I'm gonna work sometime later tonight. I'm going to see how I recalculate this with the point spreads removed there, and see how well how that see how that looks. Awesome. All right, Michael. Yeah, um, but I'll think before I publish that, though. But perfect. I'm hoping if I if my if I get offline there, it'll be because my phone battery died. So just a heads up. Oh, no there. problem. We're about we're, our time's almost up, and uh, Odessa's got practice, so she she was willing to come on just to kind of have a little discussion with it. Um, Odessa, before we let you go. Uh, Arlington, where can fans get the tickets to see you guys? Uh, you guys are facing yep. the uh, impact this coming weekend, right? Yep, Dallas Elite Women's Football, uh, Football. You can catch us on Facebook at Dallas Elite. Uh, or sorry, w- Dallas Elite Football, or you can catch us at Facebook at Dallas Elite Women's Football. Um, or you can get game uh, tickets at the door. Game tickets are $10. We have uh, season passes on sale online for 50 bucks. And I really appreciate you guys, again, doing what you do um, for uh, fighting the great fight for women uh, and, and, and the men who represent women's football. This is awesome. And I'm going to count this as a win. You are winning. And so Michael rephrases <laughs> it and maybe works it out. <laughs> All right, Michael. Uh, Odessa, thank you for the uh, time. I really appreciate it. Odessa, best of luck this weekend against Arlington, and we'll keep tabs yeah. on you in the coming weeks. And appreciate you for coming on, Michael. Same. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward so to your ranking and thank you guys so okay, much. Thank you, now. I'm gonna look. All right, thanks, so I'm much. Just recalculating. It. Have a great afternoon, you guys. You too. Now. The always passionate Odessa Jenkins. I swear, hey, Troy. Man, always, always competitive with her. <laughs> I hey, love Troy. It. I love it. Hey Troy, I'm here. Fierce linebacker mentality right there. It's hunt oh, for the ball. <laughs> absolutely, she's always a competitor, man. Always got, always in competition. Uh, I love. But you know what? She has a point. Uh, if you start to look at it in a college poll system mentality, you, if you look at it, and I don't know if you've looked at it, but I'll I'll, I'll send you the link to the Massey ratings that we're talking about. Um, uh if you look at the Massey ratings, for example, um, which I have them up here because I knew they were going to talk about it. So basically the ratings works. They get a rating ranking. They get a power ranking, an offensive, defensive ranking, uh, a home field advantage ranking, a strength of schedule ranking. Um, so it, it kind of breaks it down thoroughly. And Massey does a lot of stuff with, you know, regular college football, arena football, traditional football, NFL, all that stuff. So, you know, when you look at it, they have Chicago after two and a half weeks. They have Chicago in first place, the force at two and zero. Then you put the Dallas Elite two and zero. So they're at a they're basically almost neck and neck. The strength of schedule based on Massey is 
Chicago's is six, and Dallas's is three. And the reason because it's three is because Chicago has not faced a similar opponent, opponent except for next week, which is probably St. Louis Slam, which they're coming to face this next week. But before those two games, they weren't playing a Tier 1 team per se. So uh, Odessa has played, you know, the uh, first game was against uh, the Divas. So that means the strength of schedule was way tougher. And I think that's what the ranking reflects at this point. Uh, D.C., uh, their ranking for strength of schedule was number one because obviously they were facing da- uh, Dallas in the first week out. So that's where I think her point is that, you know, in order for you and me, if we were sponsors, um, you, you know, that is more true validation for where we where it stands and why I would be interested in even sponsoring a team. And that, I think that's where she boils down to. We need to come to a true reality of it uh, because, you know, there's so many donuts and blowouts in the league year in year out that it doesn't it doesn't does it doesn't do justice to the top five teams like she says that are really playing at a high caliber level well i mean they what they've done is effectively what college football did at some point and what they started to do was not necessarily um counting the points like that, that you know the score and how many right. points they blew them out as the biggest uh reason why you're being ranked so what they started to do was start to add that strength of schedule, and that always that means something, you know. What I mean, because if Dallas goes on the road and they beat the champions, the, the the team that that won it all last year, at this point Dallas would be number one, especially since Dallas has, you know, they 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 haven't lost yet. And then you know you of course you go up the strength of schedule for, um, you know, for for the DC Divas should be number one because they played a tough Dallas team and then they went to Boston last week, you know, so they had two tough teams in a row and they didn't have anything easy coming out of the gate. So they should have the strength of schedule. And I think that number one should be uh, the biggest, um, you know, the biggest factor as far as the rankings are concerned. And yeah, so you put the rankings up. The reason, the reason Chicago would be up at this point is because they had, you know, a lot more uh, quality wins in terms of span of, of points, but at the same time, when you take the strength of schedule, their schedule is about to start to where they're starting to get competitive with maybe a tier one or tier two competition. So they put that up there first. Um, Dallas, like I said, and DC, DC was rated fourth coming off the loss of, you know, the week two loss, which they was their home opener. And now this coming week, obviously they, they beat Boston. So, you know, reality is they might move up a point, or at this point, Boston moves down a point, so that's where it's gonna it's gonna be. I mean, Central Cal at this point hasn't played a top tier team that played in the semis or a top tier team in in any of the you know the teams at this point. So you would assume that they would fall maybe to fifth or sixth at this point coming this week with the ratings. But we'll monitor the ratings. Uh, but you know, to their to her point on a business on a business end of things, in order for the sport to grow and in order for sponsors to get notice this is this is validated data you know it's almost like saying this is this is the espn college poll you know what i'm saying and the espn college poll has you know it's reputable so that's where her point is you know if you go by the massey rating it's probably the closest thing to who is the top five best teams in the in the nation right now for the wfa so um so it's you know great debate We, we hope michael figures it out uh, but uh, until until then, I think we're going to have the the same 
back and forth argument, agree to disagree at this point. Um, so let's, we're going to be coming up in a little bit here. Uh, we should have, uh, I believe we're going to have uh, Callie Br uh, Branson on from the uh, DC Divas. And then we're also going to have a uh, Holly Custis and let's see what we got here. Let's see. What's that Holly? Are you on? Hey, how's it going? Hey, Holly. How's uh, it going today? Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. How's it going, Holly? Now, Holly, uh, Troy and, and myself are kind of downfounded. Uh, Majestics kind of go to Portland and lay an egg 40 to 0. The, is it the fact that you guys were so injured that the shockwave just was so impressive? Uh, the combination of all of the above. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, it's one of those things that you know, when I was thinking about it, the injuries that we have are a lot of experienced players. And um, so that definitely doesn't help. Um, and then what you're left with is a lot of uh, younger players as far as ex uh, experience. And we got exposed um, during this during this game because of that. Um, and it's difficult because football is such a team sport, like we talked about last week, that when you have a lot of people playing out of position, when you, uh, you're playing a team like Portland, who is always very physical and uh, fairly disciplined, um, it's kind of like running into a wall. And in order to beat a team like Portland, every time I've ever played them in my career, which is a lot, it's always been a very physical game because they have a lot of uh, a lot of veterans who are very experienced and know what they're doing. And so when you when you have a bunch of people on their side who have that discipline and has had that experience and they've been playing for seven, eight, nine, ten years, um, and you put them against people who this is their second year or even their first year, most of the time that's not going to end so well. And that, I think that's kind of what happened on Saturday. Are you still there? Yeah, is it a team to be reckoned with, the the merger with the Portland Shockwave? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I thought so going into the season anyway, you know, because I'm from Portland and I, I played on the Phillies for, for five years. And, and you know, having that inside knowledge in the area of Portland, this, this merger has been a, a long time coming. I mean, we've tried for years to make this thing happen. And so it, I was really happy – uh, in the off season here that they finally got it done, then it was kind of, you know kind of an interesting dynamic of you know is this going to work like how are they going to merge together um, how are the coaching staffs going to merge together and when I you know watch them from the sideline it, it seems like they've merged quite well um, and you know adding the um, the dynamic of the shockwave having a lot of experience. Um, uh, on the player side and the coaching, adding to the numbers that the Phillies had and, and, and more uh, youth as far as experience goes with the Phillies, it, it's kind of been, I think, a good thing for them. Um, uh, they are, they're not a you know, perfect team by any means, but they're definitely a force to be working with. It's going to be a fight for the division this year. And we knew that going in before the injuries even happened. So now it's just a, a bigger challenge for us to, to see if we can, um, you know, uh, make sure that we, we keep playing to the division, but it's not going to be easy. 
Troy, go ahead. Hey, Holly. Holly, I, I, I hate the term uh, good loss. I, I, I can't stand it. I don't think it's a such thing. But there are mm-hmm. people in this world that think other than I do. So I wanted to see if you think, if you believe that maybe this loss will allow, you know, uh, your team to get into a different mode of focus. I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, anytime you lose, it's never fun. Um, But if you think about it from the bigger picture, uh, this program has not lost in the regular season in years. I don't know exactly how many years, but it's been like four or five. And and so this team has been really dominant in this area for a long time. And so, I, of course, I hate losing. Um, but on the other hand, it might be a, a good wake-up call um, to realize that just because you've won so many years – does not mean that the teams you face are going to roll over or think that, hey, it's Seattle, we're just not going to play. They're working just as hard as you are, and you're going to, you can't just think that you're going to show up and, and, and win. You have to earn it. And so the thing is with our younger um, players as far as experience, they're kind of – it's kind of trial by fire right now. I mean, we had, um, you know, our rookie quarterback out there, and, and she's having these – these players who are six, seven years into their career who know what they're doing, chase her around. And it's, it's an experience that you kind of have to go through in order to become a better player. I remember earlier in my career um, I, when I was playing corner the first couple of years, there are times where I absolutely got burnt. But the trick is you have to learn from it. So what we're in right now is this mode of what are we going to do about it? Um, we can either roll over and, uh, you know, just chalk up the season as a loss, or we can band together, become stronger, learn from our mistakes, and be and be stronger for it. Um, and I, I think we're going to go, uh, go ahead and do the latter. Uh, I'm really impressed by how my team has rallied together and stayed positive. Um, and so I'm looking forward to see how that um uh, ends up playing out on the field on Saturday against Tacoma. Now, with uh, with the Tacoma game coming up, what is your take on on Tacoma's team? Um, so last year, you know, they for a few years before that, when um, they first started, they were always a team I enjoyed playing. Um, they had some struggles earlier uh, in their franchise's history, but last year they really kind of broke out. And, um, I mean, this year they're missing some people from that team from last year, but they're still very physical, and, and they still play really hard. And and so I, I think our team kind of needs um, to play Tacoma this weekend because the Shockwave, they were very physical, and we need another physical team so that we can get beyond that. I, I think we kind of need that challenge. So I think it's good for us to play Tacoma this weekend. You hear that linebacker mentality? You hear that? You know, she she just oh, yeah. wants the physicality. I just, I love it, man. <laughs> see, that, that's the way I'm looking at it too. I'm like, you know, I want to I want to see how everyone responds, you know, to the physical pounding, and you want to look mm-hmm. in, in, into your teammates' eyes to see that. So I definitely care on that. Yeah, so I mean, Holly, um, Troy, um, I have Kelly on, so let's bring Kelly on to the discussion. 
and we'll talk a little bit about the game here. So um, in Boston, so uh, Kelly, welcome to the Blitz. You're on with Holly Custis, Seattle Justice, and you're on hey, with Kelly. Troy Wilson. Awesome. Hey, Kelly, how's it going? Troy, how you been, buddy? I'm doing well, doing well. So Kelly, uh, we have a probably the game of the week in terms of a catch and excitement. Uh, I know week one was right. really good against D.C., but, well, if you needed to top it off, I guess week this this week was the week to top it off. But uh, on your right. end, it was a very hard-fought game on both ends, very evenly matched contest. Um, right. And it's, you know, I'm glad that somebody actually captured the end zone catch on some former video. I kept saying to uh, a couple people this week, uh, I backseat coach one of them, and I kept saying to a couple people on Twitter, hey, somebody needs to be there live, <laughs> and mm-hmm. whether it be Periscope or something, you know, because I knew it was going to come down to some sort of last game play or it was going to be within a touchdown or a field goal. So tell us a little bit about your return to this game and how you're feeling, and then uh, take us through the process of the game and then the, obviously the catch by uh, uh, Congetta Wilson. So – you know, it was uh, it was hard watching the Dallas game, being on the sidelines and uh, and kind of not being able to to be a part of the game plan there. But going into Boston, knowing that I was able to have an impact, it, it felt a little bit better. Um, as for the catch, um, you know, there's 18 seconds left on the clock, and you know, if you if you run the game film back, I'm sitting on the other side of the sideline, you know, with a blanket over me, knowing that we're you know we're gonna win the game. You know, I have a a lot of faith in our team and a lot of faith in our offense, especially, you know, with or without me on the field or with or without anybody on the field, you know, Allie Hamlin is, is, is one of the best in the game. And she's kind of like an Allison Cahill. And, and I, I, I like to put that reference out there because she was the, the quarterback we were opposing, but it's the same kind of thing. They're great leaders. They're people who you put a lot on in, in game moments like that. So I wasn't worried. You know, I'm on the other side of the sideline knowing that we're going to punch it in. And at that point, I was put in on defense, even kind of on injury reserve at that point, knowing that it's time for me to play defense for the next 10 to 12 seconds of the game. Um, So, you know, I had a lot of faith in our team, and I know what we're capable of, and and that's what what it takes to be part of a championship-caliber team. Now, uh, Callie, we were just talking to Odessa, and Michael Berman about a couple of minutes ago about the strength of schedule. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we were looking at the Massey ratings and we were, you know, she was debating the fact that Michael came up with some sort of algorithm that obviously isn't validating because it was based right. on points so much and not so much on right. strength of schedule. So That's given right. the Massey rating that I'll, I'll go by, uh, you guys are, are basically have the number one strength of schedule for the year. Mm-hmm. So yes. you knew coming in, and I know I talked to Rich Daniel before. Uh, you guys already knew that this was going to be an uphill battle to defend the title this this season because of the fact that right. you know it wasn't it wasn't that it just turned out that way. It was basically scheduled that way. So at right. this point, you might get some one or two soft teams, but the remaining schedule for you guys in terms of this season is going to be really competitive almost every week. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, and, and that's one of the things that we noticed, um, you know, about a week out of, of winning the national championship in L.A., you know, I was uh, speaking with Allie, our quarterback, and that was kind of something that we expect. And it's something you should expect, something that you should want. And I'm very close with Odessa, and uh, it, it was one of the things we wanted. We wanted a rematch. And then talking to Odessa a couple weeks out from the championship, we wanted to see each other again. Um, when you win a national championship, you go from uh, being the hunter to the hunted. I mean, that's just the way it goes, and it's uh, the way it should be. And it's important that, that people understand that it takes 100% of your team to win a championship, and it takes 125% of your team to win the championship again. And, and that's, what it, that's what it really is because everybody's out for your head at that point. And that's where we're at as a team, and that's that's what it's going to take for us to do a repeat. I mean, everybody knows what we're capable of. We have to be even bigger than that, and that's exactly what our what our goal and our aim is. Now, Troy, uh, go ahead. You got stuff for Callie. I know for, you've been you were there with her on the first game, so. Yeah, I mean, I was on that. I was on the sideline. All the elements out there. I mean, oh, it was it was brutal, brutal out yeah. there. And, and, you know, it was a tough game. Uh, but the one thing I did see on, on your sideline is that no one held their – no one had their hell low. You know, they, right. everyone had – they were upbeat. As a matter of fact, I think the, the term I would probably use would be pissed off. You know, so right. I think yes. the yes. best thing that could happen is that there's another game. I mean, especially when you yes. have a, a team that's that's used to winning. The one thing you want to do is you want to get back out there. So do you feel like that your team – was definitely looking forward to playing this Boston team, especially knowing that Boston is a good team because that, that'll be a test for you guys to see where you are for this season as opposed to last season. Yeah, absolutely true. I think I think last season set a different tone for the Divas organization altogether. We proved what we're capable of. We came back with probably 80 to 90% of our returners from last year with, you know, championship rings on our finger, but the taste of metal is still on our mouth. You know, it's it's a matter of we still have a lot to prove. Yes, you know, we got punched in the jaw first game. That's how it works. That's how it should be. Um, you know, it, you should get punched in the jaw first game, uh, especially if you're the champs. And and I give it to I give it to Dallas. They came up. They fought the elements. They did what they had to do, and they uh, they did great things. And um, you know, I, I give them a, a lot of credit for that. But it also sets the tone for us, and sometimes those kinds of things have to happen uh, in order for you to to figure out what you're made of. You know, sometimes you got to draw blood in order to know that you can bleed, and, and I think that's what happens for us. Yeah, and I, I, you know what I attribute it to. Um, you know, I used to tell my sons this, and I also used to tell, uh, you know, when I was a upperclassman in college and also in high school. And you know, you saw some of the kids out there that had nervous faces. And the one thing mm-hmm. that I told them was, I said, listen, all you need to do is get hit once. And I just want yep. you to see how it feels. And if you know you can deal with it at that point, then all the butterflies go away. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, I, I saw that from you guys. You guys took a punch in the mouth, and like I said, you came back and made it happen. So well, I, do, I, I, do, get... I do like that you, I like that you say that, too, because we have an unbelievable class of rookies that came in, and you'll see them a lot more on offense over the next couple of weeks. And, and defense, um, and that's exactly that's exactly right. They had to get put in the rotation, and and you can simulate things as much as you want on a practice field, but you can't simulate game reps. You just can't as much as you want to. You don't want to beat up 
on your own players. But, you know, it takes game reps. It takes facing somebody who wants to take your head off uh, to figure right. out what you're made of, what you're made of. And, and, and we had to see that from people, and we had to see that. We had to see who had it, you know, and, and then we figured out a lot about our team. And then going into Boston and seeing out, seeing who could actually rise to the occasion after being punched in the face was, was a lot to us. I mean, it meant a lot to us, and we learned a lot about ourselves, about our heart, and how big it was, and, and, and it takes that. I had another question about your mentality, the team mentality. How do you think, I mean, because you guys, as you said, you know, last season was really your first taste of big success. How do you think that you guys are going to deal with that success? I think that's one of the things that most competitors don't talk enough about is how mm-hmm. to deal with success. How do you guys go about that? Um, you know, when it all happened, people started calling it championitis, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, I think sometimes it can be contagious, and it can flow into another season. We have made a conscious effort to end championitis. We had a ring ceremony. Everybody got their ring. We celebrated what we did, and we tried to turn the page over. This is new. Uh, you're the champion, and now it's actually even worse. The bounty on your head is even bigger. It's always been big on our head. We've always been a very popular team in the East between Boston, between Chicago, and then you, you bring the teams in the South in, Atlanta and Miami. Everybody's always wanted our head, wanted to beat D.C., but it got bigger once we had the ring on our finger. And um, I'll give this to um, to Coach Bobby at Dallas, and, and he's a great, great guy. I met him a long time ago at Women's World Football Games. But, um, you know, when I shook his hand, unfortunately I couldn't play against Dallas, but I shook his hand and said, congratulations, Coach. You guys have a great team. Um, you know, he did say to me, you guys have the ring. And I told him, we had the ring. You know, this is a new season. Uh, it all counts now. And as of the first game, it all counts. And, um, you know, you, you have to put that mentality behind you. Your success of the past season was great. It's phenomenal. It should be celebrated. We went to the White House. We did so many things. But, you know, it, it it all doesn't matter now. What matters now is continuing that legacy forward. Good stuff, good stuff. Oscar. All right, Holly, you got anything for Kelly? Yeah, what's up, Kelly? How are you doing? Holly, how are you? How's the recovery? Uh, It's going a lot slower than I want, but we're going somewhere. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I would rather be on the field. I I had a Fitbit on uh, last week, and I literally crept three and a half miles up and down the sideline. Because um, yeah, I want to play that bad. Right, right. <laughs> but I do have a couple questions. What was the White House like? It was amazing. Uh, we got a great opportunity, and it was um, – so the backstory to that in, in a brief summary is we we always do the Easter egg roll with uh, Play 60 there. They do a great job. A couple of us got to go and meet um, the First Lady and the President last year, and somebody made a comment to the First Lady, and she said, if you guys win the championship in 2015, I'll invite you to the White House. So this was kind of cool because she upheld her promise. Uh, we got about five to seven minutes with them. They came in. We took a picture with them. They all hugged us. It was great. Um, the White House staff treated us like we were VIPs. It was great. It was awesome. And, um, I mean, it was, an, it was an amazing opportunity. It was great to, to not only be recognized as a women's football team, but to be re- recognized as a champion. But if you put that aside, it was great for women's football. I mean, it was great to be on the map. And, and, and so many people were like, oh, my God, it's amazing what you guys do. 
And that's really what it's all about, you know, putting the championship aside, just being there in the White House in a presidential room as a women's football player uh, was so amazing for the sport, and that's really what it really is all about. That's awesome. Uh, The other question that I had is how do you guys uh, integrate your rookie class? I mean, because you just won the championship, so obviously your your veterans have been there and know what it takes to get there. How do you explain that to a rookie class that hasn't seen it yet? No, it's a great question. So uh, the Divas organization is is pretty structured pretty well. So, So we have our tryouts. And then we have Rookie 101, which kind of integrates rookies to football 101, just the general knowledge. And then, and then we kind of all get thrown into our, our, our camp um, in December, and everybody goes to camp. And that's when everybody gets to meet each other. And then the culture is kind of set moving into January. But it's kind of set, uh, even, even going from a champion's standpoint, I don't think anything was really different this year as it was to previous years. We've always had a culture of excellence, whether it's championship or pursuit of championship. It's just this is this is where you need to be. And when you set yourself to that culture of excellence, um, the rookies find their way up. And I, I will say this year, as opposed to other years, the rookies have understood that we need to be above par. Um, and that's just kind of trying out for a, a previous championship. Uh, but we do try to always try to set that excellence, and I think that that's a great point that, that a lot of organizations should go by is, you know, we all have to be here. But I will say one of the great things about the Divas organization that I experienced even as a rookie is if you show your athleticism and you show your dedication to the team, it's it's you're not an outsider. And the Divas consider themselves a family. So even winning a championship and our heads held high, rings on our finger, at that ring ceremony, all of our rookies were invited and were there uh, to be a part of it because we are an organization, we are a team, we are a family, and even though some of us were getting rings, we wanted them to feel that excitement, and that's what it's about. You know, this is this is what it's really about. It's a family, it's women's football, it's about moving the, the sport forward. We want them to feel the same feeling we all got when we got our rings. Right, that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys uh, do that. I mean, we try to do that on our end as, as well, and I think if you look across the country at the, the teams that are consistently at the top, you'll find that structure uh, in place, and you'll find right. that the veterans will lead the way for the rookies so that the rookies know what to expect and, and what it takes right. to win. So that's awesome. Well, they are they are the future of the sport, you know, and and – age-wise, rookie-wise, years-wise, I mean, you know, how you treat the people coming into the organization. And it's the future of the sport, and that's uh, what we want for the sport and the organization altogether. Right. Well, cool. I'm glad that you're back on the field. It feels good, yeah. And I hope I – what's your uh, estimated recovery? Um, so the, after the surgery, the uh, orthopedic doctor said that um, February is probably about accurate, which is way okay. better than initial diagnosis, which w- was a year and a half. So right. Right. I have my next appointment actually in a couple of days here, so I should have an update. I've gotten um, a lot of progress. Um, I can Good. do a lot more than Good. I could a little bit ago. So we're getting there. Um, it's hey, part hey. of the game. I, I know, as do you it, know, from, from your injury. Yes, do it right. But, uh, I will, hard. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be back <laughs> for sure. Good. We know that. We know that for sure. 
All right. So, Kelly, uh, it's going to be a tough road coming up in the next week and the next couple weeks, but you guys are obviously up to the challenge. If you face Boston, then you got Chicago down the road here as well. Um, so this, these are the – what I consider this schedule this year is the marquee game of the week. Pretty much you guys have, the, like you said, the bullseye. So you guys are mm-hmm. – basically your schedule just shows that uh, if anybody wants to watch caliber, high-caliber football, it's going to be watching you guys, uh, give or take, with a couple weeks of, you know, maybe some Tier 2 uh, competition that you have. Right. But other than that, most of it's going to be Tier 1 competition. So it's going to be great and exciting football down the road here. Um, you, I was going to mention to you, you, you were talking about structure. You guys are probably one of the only, besides Pittsburgh, or I, I'd say probably one of the only, besides maybe New York Sharks, that, that also uh, honor in a Hall of Fame sense, uh, you know, former players from the franchise's existence up to now in terms of past seasons. So I think right. that's, you know, very reputable and makes you very valid. It's similar to, you know, uh, just giving back and letting people know the, the history of the franchise and how, right. you know, like you said, it's a generational issue because now you started from, you know, from the beginning of the franchise, which is generation one or two, depending on where you're at now. And now we're going into right. you know, a different generation. But, but the, the, the link, the chain link of it, is what is, is cool about it because uh, I think you're the only franchise that probably does that in a, I say in a front and center media sense. I know I see it a lot right. on your Facebook page where you guys are voting for, you know, the new class of this year, kind of like what you do at the NFL hall of fame. So I think that's a very, uh, you know, I, I, for me, it's, uh, it's considered legit for me to have you guys as representing the sport, but also uh, remembering the uh, contributions from past players that are contributing to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we, we love it. And uh, it's important to understand. And uh, I went to the IWFL championship a couple of years ago in South Carolina, and uh, they recognize one of the first ever female football teams. And, and, and people overlook that, you know, especially some of these newcomers who come through over the past couple of years. I always, every chance I get to do a DC alumni thing, you know, I, I like to, to hug or thank the people who were divas before me because without them and without their hard work and without them building the reputation of the divas, uh, we wouldn't be here. And, and and I want everybody across the league to be able to do that because, I mean, that's the truth. Without their hard work, without them busting for yards or, or making interceptions or whatever it may be of their position, like our teams would not exist. That's where the revenue comes from. It comes from production, honestly. And um, without that, we wouldn't exist. And I love the DC Divas Hall of Fame because I think it, it even those who don't win, the ones who don't win are put on blast for their stats. And, wow, that's amazing. I didn't even know she did that. Um, and, and, and that's important because all of them are – unspoken or spoken heroes uh, in this sport, and they should be celebrated. All of them should be celebrated, and I'm happy that we do that, and I think all teams should do that because they're all heroes. All of them are, and they're um, spokespeople for the sport, and they do a lot for the sport, and they they should all be celebrated. So, Kelly, uh, the road next week is where? Where are we headed next week for you guys? Is it home home or, or away? So we'll be we'll be about an hour and a half south um, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, and uh, this is a brand new team. 
uh, one that was started and branched by one of my Team USA teammates. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because it's a new team. And I know we talk a lot about all these new teams branching out, but I think this is a team that started with a lot of uh, great generosity. And I think this is a team that's going to be a staple in this league just because of how it's been started. And, um, you know, we're ready to go. You know, any team that gets in our way, we're ready to go. But I'm excited to see a new team branch out in this league that has good intentions, uh, that is that is there for the better of the league and better of women's football. So that, those are the teams I like to face. Win or lose, uh, whatever the score may be at the end, I'm ready to see teams who want to uh, push this sport forward. And I think that the team that we're going to face this weekend with Richmond um, is, is, is one of those teams. So you had Richmond, as far as I can tell from my stats here, 48-12 to 12 against Tri-City Thunder. Then in week mm-hmm. two, they were 26-0 to zero against Fayetteville Fierce. Right. Yep. So this yep. this team right here is, as you said before, it comes for some. It comes from some pedigree of good, uh, you know, good st- good stuff. So we'll see. Absolutely. This will this will be their test. Two and zero in the season. This, this is their highest. As you were talking about before, how you want to face the best. Uh, I think them coming into this game is like a privilege to showcase how well they can match up with you. So it's going to be great. I'm I'm looking forward to this matchup. And, and they've proven I agree. I mean, in the last two weeks that, they, that they've, they've done their work on the offseason. And so hopefully that's the case and it gets competitive. I agree. I mean, iron sharpens iron. That's the way it works. So, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what they have. And, uh, and, and, and we're really excited to face a new team and, and see a new structure. And like I said, they're a great organization that pushes this sport forward for its healthy benefit. And, and, and we, re- we really respect that. All right. So, Kelly – Thanks for coming on. I know Boston was a tough road out there. We're, we're actually very happy to hear that you're back on um, on two feet, as they would say, and back on yes. some mobility. Um, I know Captain Crutches over here still has a long time to go, but she'll get, she'll get back <laughs> up there. Um, right. But other than that, I really appreciate it, and we'll touch base in maybe in another two or three weeks, mid-season, see where we're at. Really would like to get a perspective uh, like I talked to Rich before, really get a perspective from yourself and some of the Diva players because this is a big deal for this season. It's a big deal for the schedule. Uh, it really gives us an, a mindset and an insight for us as fans and for other people that have just barely getting introduced to the sport. It gives us a real no, idea absolutely. in terms of competition. You know what I mean? And to, yeah. to credit to you guys in Dallas for putting on an amazing show, and I know going forward here in the next couple of weeks, uh, you also have your face in Chicago. So it's always been, I mean, that's, that's just, Chicago is like your rival. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's a great event. So we want well, you know, to be able to showcase I hate that. To, I hate to make predictions, but, um, you know, we, we are planning and we are prepping to be uh, DC Dallas again in the championship. And I promise if we get there, it will not be 4019. And and I only say that because Odessa is one of my really good friends, and I hope she's still listening, and she'll know that that's exactly what it means. Callie, I can tell you right now, she already knows. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she so. Knows. I hope so. The week one passion for us when we interviewed her was uh, pretty enlightening. It was it was a fire bullet. She goes, "I'm going to DC, she, and I'm not going to knows. lose." <laughs> no, and you know what? She's uh, she's important for this sport, and 
Um, oh, yeah, very important. She knows that. But it's in, it's also important for this sport that we give her something to challenge. So we will, and we promise we will, and we're not going to stop till we do so. Awesome. So great to hear. Very competitive, and I, I like competitors that way because that's what really it's going to take for to elevate the sport is for people to take it serious enough as to where, you know, the caliber players like yourself, Holly and and uh, Odessa and obviously, you know, Allie, Allie uh, and, you know, and you've got so many talented players in this league right now, especially the WFA of any of them, not take away anything from the IWFL, but in the WFA, you you really have that caliber. And your schedule this year is is probably for us fans, it's the most exciting schedule that the WFA could come up with because it, it showcases, mm-hmm. you know, so many games at a high level that we haven't seen in the previous seasons, not to mock every other, you know, the other teams, but it really does truly give you a real insight. And Troy saw it firsthand, you know, elite versus divas. So he knows what we're talking about. Um, well, we're happy so to thank have you, Kelly, for making the for, time. Uh, thanks for weathering it up with us. Absolutely. It was definitely an experience. Uh, it was my first, <laughs> it was my first ladies football game. And I'll tell you what, I was impressed, man. It's just, uh, Good. you know, just, just the the precision out there, the the fundamentals, the technique. I was definitely impressed, man. It was it was just great watching football. So I'm like, yeah, I'm hooked now. Absolutely, no, I appreciate that, Troy. It was uh, it was great to have you out there. I'm sorry, I was up in the booth, so uh, I wish I could have talked to you a little bit more. Hey, I, we're I, sorry I, I that we're stranger. sorry that Inkisi dragged you up there. Yeah, <laughs> I had to I had to block the wind one way or another. I hear that. It was it was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah, frozen phones is not fun, but I guess that's Mother Nature's way of telling you that it was pretty brutal. <laughs> 100%. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. We'll be talking to you down the road. We're always, you're always very enlightening, and we love your insights. And say uh, congratulations to the Divas. And uh, Adrian, I know she's she's listening, Adrian Smith. And uh, Miss Cahill as well. So great matchup there against the Renegades. So that's always the, the best. All right. Have a great uh, evening. I know you're resting up. Uh, get get well soon and back to normal. And uh, we'd really uh, appreciate the uh, the insights. And we'll see you back in a couple of weeks if that's the case. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. Have Thanks, Kelly. Have a great one. All right, guys. Uh, that was Callie Branson, and she's a DC diva, obviously champion. Um, so we, much you can, not much you can say there. Uh, two passionate players. We had Odessa before that. We have Callie. It, it is what needs to be. This is what needs to be in terms of elevating the sport to another level. Competitors like them, like them, who, like she says, this is a new season. What you earned last year doesn't equate to anything that you've done this year. And Holly, there's your point, right? You guys are in that right. same mode right now. Even though you right. accomplished what you accomplished last year, this year is is, is a totally different 360, right? Because now you have to, you know, you're fighting basically now in a new season and things, you know, teams improve, things evolve. Right. And depending on, you know, like she says, depending on the caliber of rookies that come in, um, that also makes a big difference. So, uh, you know, great, great to hear her. And I know, you, you know, she's wishing you well to, for recovery as well, and like all of us are. So it's it's great to see, you know, talented players uh, representing the sport the the way they do. No, it's awesome. I mean, both of those players have done a lot for the sport. And 
I, you know, big picture wise, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for the sport. And one of the reasons why that I feel very confident in it is because of players like that, because each generation is taking the baton another, you know, another 100 yards, another 200 yards, another 300 yards. And this group of people that are in this generation are very passionate and they're very smart. And, you know, once we get to the point where we're no longer playing, hopefully it's a long time from now, I'm excited to see what we're going to do for the sport outside of playing because I think you're going to see people come in after us that are going to be even better players because the people before us put in the work and we put in the work. And so whenever I talk to rookies that that I play with, I tell them it's not about right now. It's not just about right now. It's about we need to play so that the girls behind us can take it even further. It's irresponsibility because as a as a female athlete, you can't afford to be apathetic. Uh, you just can't. Like women's sports, if you're apathetic, you're dead. Like there's no sport because we don't get the attention that men's sports do. We have to work so much harder to get anything. And so because yeah, of that, the you have to keep pushing. Yeah, the marketing is so extreme in terms of, you know, getting noticed. It is. It's, totally, it's just a fact. That's what it is. Uh, unless right. you, you know, unless you have certain a certain amount of sports get more attention than others, of course. But, you know, for for a, a sport to get noticed, to your point, yeah, there, there's it's going to take it's going to take a, a unified effort by everybody to understand the fact that, like you said, there will be a transitional period with this generation into coaching, just to get the voice out mm-hmm. there, and then the next generation just to maintain the same level of competition for somebody to say, well, that's that's a, that's a great sport. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, a, it has to go that way. Um, so Holly, um, Majestic's coming up this next week, uh, taking on the trauma, probably the best name in all of football, women's football. Um, <laughs> so Tacoma, and I believe you guys faced Tacoma in the first week as well, right? So it was a tough uh, battle. Second, second week. Yes. Yes. Second week. So now we have a rematch in, in season once again. So I'm assuming this time Tacoma is going to be a little better. And given the fact, as Troy would say, uh, somebody is slavering the fact that you guys are going backwards a little bit in terms of the score sheet, do you, they mm-hmm. might think that they have an edge here this coming week. But uh, like he says, you know, adversity brings out the best in people. So we'll see how the Majestics respond this week. What are you? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, uh just big, big picture wise again, like uh, the Majestics have run this division for for a few years now, and I, I I guarantee you that Tacoma is salivating. I'm sure they are because I would be if I were them. I mean that's just how sports are, right? So yep. the trick is for us, it's a question of you have a choice. You either, like I said, you either roll over or you you figure it out. And and that's the beauty of sports is it challenges you. It's not always going to be roses and rainbows. Sometimes you get knocked down. But the best teams and the best players, they, they get back up. They figure it out. I mean, there's been plenty of times in my career that I've gotten knocked down or I've had teams that have put in a game plan that I haven't seen before. And one of my favorite things about the sport is I might get knocked down, but I'll figure a way around it. And I'll be better in the long run for it 
because the next time it happens, I'll know what to do. And it's the same thing as a team. Sometimes you get knocked down, but the best teams will get back up. And so I, I really feel like my team will do that. So I'm excited to see that happen on the field this week. Um, I can tell you from uh, talking to other players on my team, everybody's fired up and uh, and ready to go. Awesome. So we're looking forward to a great game, Tacoma, Seattle, uh, Mystics on the ropes, as they say early here. They need to get the they need to get a win, a rebound win. Tacoma looking for the kill, uh, specifically in, in the standings. And not to before I let you go. The South Oregon Lady Renegades this week get their first win, and they beat Everett by uh, two points. So uh, they get to that. face the Shockwave next week. So it's, this division is going to get a little heated in the next two or three weeks uh, in terms of standings and see who's who's where. But uh, congratulations to them as well. Um, so looking forward to Majestic's Tacoma this weekend. And uh, are you periscoping again or you're not? Um, well, you know, I tried this weekend, and I'm going to work out some kinks because I learned the hard way that crutching and filming is very difficult. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then also I was on the sideline, and so I tried Periscope, and then I tried Facebook Live a little bit, but the sun was coming down really in a weird angle, so I don't know if it, how well it turned out. But I'm going to figure out and sit down and think about the better way to do it. Um but, yes, I'll, I'll be on the sidelines again um, trying to figure out the best way. Maybe I need to, like, make an extension on my crutch like a selfie stick and just hold it up. Yeah, I don't you know. Go. There you go. It out. See, now you're thinking. There you go. You're already thinking. That's awesome. Maybe I should, you know, invent that, and then we can earn millions of dollars, and then we can all fly <laughs> to games on jets. Like, that, that's there what I should do. There you go. The visionary. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> The champagne is on you. <laughs> we are going to be right behind. We'll be right behind you. I can tell you that right now. If that's happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, I don't know what big the market is for crutch selfie sticks, but we'll work on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a market. There's a market for anything. <laughs> Good job. That's awesome. Good Thanks. job. Thanks. All right. Uh, so Holly, uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, I'll uh, inbox you to see if you're. Uh, able to do it or not because i know you got other things going on so if you can we'll we'll meet up here next next week around the same time and we'll see if we got a win or if we're falling as All they right. say um so i'll say hi to scott tell him to keep a head head, head up and uh, should be be able to rebound here and uh full force against tacoma as they say uh we'll see you uh, uh next week then if that's the case all right have a great week see you, thank you holly appreciate it bye 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 All right, Troy. So um, you got the best of the best in the WFA this week. Uh, it's kind of like it was kind of like a roundtable, I guess. Um, you know, yeah, man, that was Odessa, cool, right? wasn't it? Odessa taking on Michael, and um, Michael obviously uh, th- throwing in the towel a little bit there, going back to regrouping his uh, his rankings. <laughs> hey, but so, you know uh, what, man? I got to give a shout out to Michael on this one, man, because you know what? It takes a big man to come back and say, you know what? Let me change my process. Let me tweak it. Let me see what happens. It takes a big man to do that. Shout out to you, Michael, man. I got a lot of respect for you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, Michael's going to do his thing. I know he will. He's he's a smart kid, and he's going to do his, his thing. And uh, Odessa will be proud for it, too. So, um, Odessa coming up to Arlington Impact this week. You got the Divas taking on the Richmond Black Widows. Holly's uh, Majestic's taking on 
the Tacoma Trauma. Like I said, it's probably the best name in football. You're, you're, you know, for a defense, <laughs> that's got to be the best name, the Trauma oh, defense. Man. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like crazy. <laughs> I saw that. Man. I keep I said, every week. I keep right saying there. that, but I I just I fall more in love with that name than anything. I don't know why, but it just it seems brutal. Yeah, it is, man. Uh, I love it. it, it that, that's a football it, name right there. Yeah. Besides, uh, maybe gruesome. You know, a football team named gruesome, but uh, that would not be good if you're losing all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so let's go into the. Uh, let's go. Uh, remind everybody. Before I step away, because we got a couple minutes here, um, remind everybody we are obviously donating three dollars to the uh, Gridiron Australia Outback Women's 2017 team, and we want to make sure that you guys know. Go to zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Use the Zazzle codes anywhere up to fifteen to uh, up to fifty percent, depending on the day. You can get fifteen percent off or fifty percent off depending on the day with the codes. So use that. It's for the no joke um, chalk line t-shirts so you can get any of the no joke chalkline t-shirts and we will donate three dollars so technically our three dollars is usually what our profit is so we're actually donating the profit to the gridiron australia um, outback team so for their great support uh, in terms of our sales in australia so go to zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties get your chalkline and support the girls in australia so uh troy we have some recaps to go through um so we can get you know some updates in terms of what's happening in the game. But before we do that, let's uh, – did you get a chance to watch the Legends Football League game one? You know, I didn't. Uh, this weekend was, okay. a, was, a, was a little bit of a DIY for me, man. I'm building all kind of things uh, here okay. at the home and also at my job, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I'm going to check it out tonight because uh, I do have some time now. All right. So I will do the recap as we normally do. So let's start there first. Uh, let me just – be polite in a polite way. Uh, the broadcast was very crappy. Okay, Com- com- <laughs> compared to their standards, compared to the standards of previous seasons with the Legends Football League. And I know you know the owners probably listening to me right now, and you know he probably doesn't have a muster for me because we're on a blacklist with all the players. So let's just be upfront with it. They don't like us. We follow them because we obviously you know love love the players. So the Legends Football League broadcast was bad. Uh, audio was off. Uh, you know, everything was off. Commercial breaks were off. I mean, uh, you name it. It was just, it was a very novice uh, rookie amateur production. So, you know, if you do anything going forward, Legends Football League, uh, learn from your past and stay at the same level of capability because the fans from feedback that I got, and I'm pretty sure you got a lot of feedback on the comment boxes from all your sites, uh, the broadcast was pretty bad. Then given the fact that they went to, they lost their contract with Fuse TV. Okay, Fuse TV, a music channel, whatever. Uh, sources are telling us they lost their contract because of differences from uh, the LFL and Fuse. And just be straight, Troy, you're not the NFL, so you're not going to get paid for airtime. You're not at that level yet. So to, for you to put demands on a major network like Fuse TV, probably not the right move for business sense because you got on national TV, you would think you would be bowing to them and saying, sure, let's do what you want to do. Put our brand out there and advertise it. Just yeah, didn't you gotta, happen. You got to walk, so, you, you walk before you crawl, man. You know, and, and so I you've get, been in there you know, seven years, you know, you have, you, you've been in existence for seven years. 
Um, I don't want to go negative on the brand because I think the brand's a good brand, but unfortunately it's probably not run the way it should be run at this level seven years later. No sales force. So the girls are still doing the, you know, the going to the Hooters and asking people to buy tickets at Hooters instead of, you know, having a sales force make phone calls and buying season tickets. You can't even get season tickets after seven seasons with this league. Um, the girls don't get paid, don't get any t-shirts, apparel, contribution. I mean, there's just a lot of issues going on after seven seasons. So the bottom line is the production on on YouTube could have been better. It wasn't up to standard like they normally have. So we'll leave it at that. So hopefully week two, they will improve on their broadcast. Um, given the broadcast was on YouTube and it's supposed to go out to the regional outlets, which is uh, CW and my network outlets. Uh, I'm kind of like anticipating and kind of figuring out how a programming director for the regional places are going to receive that. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. Anyways, so they got to correct that because if they don't, uh, they're going to be in worse trouble than they were last year. And one of their high points of the brand was very good production. And so that's not good, not, not a good sign. Um, so let's get back to good production. So maybe editing, I think somebody forgot to edit. So either, they were either drinking too much and they just kind of just went, let's just do that. You know what I mean? It's just that kind of thing yeah. where they just put they put it out there and then they when you watch it, you'll see it. And I'm pretty sure they've edited it already now because of all the feedback they got. So you didn't really see the original cut. But if you do, you'll probably go, wow. Um, so let's go into game one, which was Seattle Miss taking on the uh, expansion acoustics of Austin. And uh, we got to give a shout out to Jessica Hopkins who was lights out in that game. Um, she scored almost two touchdowns. Kiki Matheny, Stevie, uh, Stevie Schnorr scored a couple of touchdowns. Sage Steinsmith, uh, the 2014 MVP from the former Tampa Bay Breeze and Jacksonville Breeze, came into play. The return of Kristen Moore and the return of Shea Norton to the Seattle Miss. So 44-8. to eight. Uh, i got to give some shout-out to some of the acoustic players. Uh, Steph Wicket. Uh, first franchise touchdown in the acoustics existence. So congratulations to her. Uh, Michelle Marshall, pretty solid game towards the latter quarters of the game. So shout out to her. Played a tough game. Jess Powers, uh, she's going to be awesome. I can see it already. She's got potential. She goes across in the middle. Um, you know, she, she's, she's a gamer. So as her game evolves, so will the talent level on the acoustics. So those are the kind of like the key stats players that I saw from the acoustic end. And for uh, Tashay Winfrey, which was the quarterback, the only advice I got is, you know, clock management is vital and get rid of the ball when you got to get rid of the ball and do not keep it, especially on a seven-on-seven format. There's no way you can hold on to the ball too long. You have to air it out. You have to either throw it outside the lines or, you know, whatever you got to do. But giving a team in an arena status uh, 22 yards in every time, that's just not good football. You're, you're bound to lose. But they played tough in that sense. Um, so it, it's kind of compressed, and you've seen it before, Troy. Seven-on-seven seven arena football, is it's very competitive in terms of spacing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're battling for you're in a small amount of real estate. So, I mean, the hits are bigger, the scores are higher, uh, the competition is a little bit heated. You know, uh, and you got less chances of guys. Uh, running out of running out of energy, you know, because I mean with the short field, so it's it's high it's high octane out there. So yeah, you you have to definitely adjust your sights if you're going to play in that style of football. 
Yeah, and so the Acoustics um, lose. It was expected. Obviously, the champs, 44-8. to eight. The Acoustics lose to um, the Seattle Mist, the champs. So the champs this coming weekend, April 24th, they are going to take on the Los Angeles Temptation. And Coach Tui has already said this is their this is their bullseye. They're aiming for the Seattle Mist. Always a rivalry in Ontario. Um, you, you're talking about Monique Axiola, um, you know, um, all the top players in the Temptation that come in to play. Um, the veterans are there as well. And you got Aussies that brought in Ty, uh, Ty Emery was brought in. Uh, Cynthia Smith from Las Vegas was brought in, as well as their new quarterback, uh, former Queensland Brigade quarterback and former Atlanta Steam running back, uh, Jane Caldwell. So she's going to start against Kiki Matheny and the Seattle Miss. So it should be a great matchup this weekend in Ontario, and you can catch the game delayed a week later on Legends Football League. On Saturday, Legends Football League game of the week will be Omaha Heart. Uh, taking on the New England Liberty, and it was a 26-6 to blowout. Uh, Omaha, brand-new coaching staff, and it showed. So we'll recap that game in its entirety next week, next Tuesday, once it air, airs live on Legends Football League on YouTube. So that's pretty much the recap for the uh, LFL. So, you know, LFL fans, I can tell you right now, I have been a long-time, you know, watcher of LFL, and the quality of the broadcast stunk. So at this point, somebody's got to you know turn around and make it make it better. Um, it, it isn't adjacent, uh, you know, it isn't anything could have done but go bad, and that's not good. Seven seasons in, the the broadcast should have been elite. And given the fact that they lost Fuse TV and now they're on regional, and you can't even find uh, the broadcast on regional because you got to look through the channel finders. So that's kind of you know when you look at that, it's almost like the NFL going, hey, we're no longer on cable, so you're just gonna have to go through your, uh, you know, your guides, your cable guides, and see if you can find us. Just not a good, not a good thing for business right there at all. So, Troy, let's uh, recap. Uh, let's go into the women's recap internationally since we've done the Legends League already. Uh, let's go to Australia, and let's check out Great Iron Victoria because they're, they're going to be in the semis this coming weekend. Yeah, I mean, so Gridiron Victoria in the semifinals this weekend. Uh, game one will feature the undefeated number one seed Northern Lady Raiders, who are six and zero at this point, and they'll be facing against they'll be facing the number four seed Melbourne Chargers. Now the Chargers right now are on a three game win streak at this point, while the Raiders look to return to the Vic Bowl final as they did last year. So we'll look to see if the Chargers can upset the Raiders. Uh, we'll definitely keep you posted on that. And the semifinal game, uh, two, the Melton Wolves come in at the number two seed, and they're four and two right now. Now, they took a loss last week to the Northern Lady Raiders, but this week they'll face against the champion, uh, last year's champion, G-Long Bucks. Now, the Bucks and league MVP, Rochelle Cranston, are uh, hashtag no joke football supporter. Uh, she'll be there and, um, you know, look forward to, to, to finding out how she'll deal in that game. Now, the Bucks are seeded number three, and they're coming off a big win versus the Croydon Rangers. And their confidence should be pretty high at this point. And um, when the Bucks faced the Wolves, the Bucks did face the Wolves already this season in week eight, and they beat them 36-24. to So the stage will be set after this weekend on April 30th when the Vic Bowl will be played. So we'll see if this uh, if if it's going to be a rematch redemption between the Bucks and the Raiders, or we're going to see Melton 
or Melbourne in the final versus the established Giants. Now, all recaps are up on the league site on gridironvictoria.com.au, and you can also visit Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia on Facebook or at Women's Gridiron on Twitter for the latest news on Australia's season. Oscar, you want to take North America? So the North American news and notes, uh, Utah Girls uh, Football League is on, so we get the latest update at utahgirlstackle.com, utahgirlstackle.com, or you can visit their Facebook page at Utah Girls Tackle Football League, plus their Twitter at UT Girls Tackle, UT Girls Tackle. So week two and three this weekend, uh, we will post those scores and updates as soon as it comes up. Otherwise, you can go directly to utahgirlstackle.com. Reminder, uh, the Canada women's season is almost here. Follow the w- at WWCFL at WWCFL on Twitter and the Maritime Women's Football League on Twitter at MWFL Football. And for the website links uh, for the schedule and ticket information, the leagues kick off in May, as I said before. Visit Facebook page Western Women's Canadian Football League, or you can visit their site at WWCFL.ca, WWCFL.ca. And the Maritime Women's Football League on Facebook, uh, you can follow their website at mwfl.pointstreaksites.com, mwfl.pointstreaksites.com. Sugar and Spice Football League also will kick off in May. Check out their schedule and season ticket info at sugarandspicefootball.com, sugarandspicefootball.com. The WFA News Week 3 key games that we had, Boston Renegades, as we talked to Callie Brunson earlier here, hosted the D.C. Divas in a classic duel, 35-32 with 17 seconds left. Katrina Wilson from quarterback Amley Hamlin scored a touchdown to edge Renegades at home. The Divas earned their first win after a 40-19 home opener loss to Dallas. Boston falls to 2-1. and one. So we're, we're going to be seeing some exciting football down the road here because their strength of schedule is number one. So uh, it's going to be exciting going down the road. And they go up against Richmond this weekend, the Black Widows. In the snow day affair in Colorado, Katie Sowers and the KC Titans on the road beat the Maha Blaze 22-6 in a battle with Mother Nature as well, six inches of snow. Now that's uh, pretty good football weather if you're a football fan. Check out the pictures on our Facebook page, or you can visit the KC Titans Facebook page as well for the highlights and the pictures from uh, Larry Libbert, and he's uh, taking pictures there as well. So Portland Shockwave. Uh, Ralph, the Seattle Majestics, as we talked to Holly earlier, 40-0. to zero. The Shockwave merger looks to be a good thing for the Shockwave in Portland. Uh, Portland coming off a 29-8 to eight versus the expansion Oregon Lady Renegades. So they're on the roll right now. South Oregon, uh, shout out to them. South Oregon Lady Renegades win their first game in the WFA, 20-18 versus the Everett Reign in a battle uh, that was really tough defensively next week it's a rematch against the portland shockwave and uh, the shockwave beat them in the first game so keystone assault get their first win defeating toledo 14 to 6 the assault the last two weeks were beat beaten badly by columbus 38 to 6 and philly phantoms 40 to 0 so we were talking about this earlier at troy in that same light seattle getting beat 40 to 0 here's a team the assault that got their butts whipped two weeks in a row, and all of a sudden they, they play a good, solid defensive game by themselves, and they take on Toledo and edge Toledo 14-6. So they go into uh, – Toledo goes into the bye week with a tough loss. So that tells you a little bit about football there, huh? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, that's what we ask for. We ask for the parity. So the unexpected, that's what you look for. Now, week four key games at this point, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Passion returning from the bye week, taking on Cleveland Fusion, Chicago Force taking on their uh, rival state rivals in Missouri at St. Louis Slam, the Dallas Elite, as we talked to Odessa, taking on the Arlington Impact, the Battle of Texas there in uh, D, uh, the DFW. Uh, Alabama Fire, been on fire. Uh, just another name, just like the, the trauma. This is the Alabama Fire. So offensively, they're doing great. Now they get to meet their first first matchup to, to be tested at the Atlanta Phoenix, which is always a tough, tough club. They're the, probably the premier team in the South. So uh, uh, Alabama versus Atlanta, it's going to be a good game. We've got to keep an eye on that. For all the week three results and week four matchups, get all the other scores on the WFI, WFA website at WFAfootball.com. You can follow at WFA on Twitter, uh, WFAfootball.com. Visit WFANation.com for exclusive interviews with WFA All-Stars and game broadcast schedules. And you can find the links on our Facebook page at Great Iron Beauties as well. Troy, let's go into the IWFL weekend. Okay, so some key games that we have, the key results. Uh, Washington Prodigy, they won the season opener 14-0 to zero versus the Baltimore Nighthawks. And the Nighthawks were coming off of 50-18 to 18 loss to the Carolina Phoenix. The Prodigy will face the undefeated New York Sharks in week four. Now, the Carson Bobcats, they defeated the North County Stars 32-18 to 18 to improve the 2-0. and now, Carson is a surprise team as they defeated the Sacramento Sirens 30 to nothing in week two. Now, we're going to take it to the Utah Falcons, who continue to roll at 2-0. and They've been outscoring their uh, last two opponents at 62-7. to Then the IWFL finalists in 2015 won versus Nevada Storm 54-8 to in week three. And this week they're going to buy the rest up. So, um, you know, these guys are just going to look like they're going to reload. They've been, they've been rolling at this point. Uh, week three results um, and week four, the week four schedule. Uh, France, they have the Challenge Feminine League. Uh, they play on week three. Uh, the Molasses Bulldogs, they win 38 to nothing versus the Paris Dragons. And if you want to visit our Facebook page, you can get the latest updates on that. Oscar, you want to take Guam? Yeah, the Guam Women's Tackle Football League Week 3 uh, team legacy, which is the three-time champs, continued to its winning streak, beating Steel Blazers 36-6. to The Raiders win 8-0 to versus the Lady Falcons. Stunners win 22-0 to versus the Tough Chicks. Um, Sindelo, uh 14-0 versus the Lady Saints. Uh, thanks to Don Mon for the updates at Guam. And we want to just say that um, publicly here, um, Gianna Sarasula, she's going to be uh, one of our No Joke Football supporters in Guam. So it's our first No Joke Football supporter in the Guam League. So congratulations to her, and we really appreciate her uh, making the effort to spread the word out in Guam for us. Um, in Mexico, FX Mexico Action Week 3 results, the Kingas defeated the Meridians 24-0. The Red Dragons take 20-18 uh, versus the Sharks. The Dolphins 24-0 versus the um Borregos, the Rams, uh, the Ravens 32-8 versus the Lobos. You can get the uh, FFX Mexico updates. You can go to their website at FXF Mexico on, also on Facebook and at FX underscore Mexico on Twitter. Uh, the WFL, the Women's Football League, which is the um, lingerie bikini style league week two, 2016. V-Queens defeated Trojanas 103-8. to 
No competition there. You can get the latest updates on the WFL. You can go to WFL on Facebook, or you can go to Twitter at WFL Oficial on Twitter. Uh, PGFL Week 3 scores and updates. You can follow on Facebook, Pretty Girls Football League, or you can go to uh, their uh, Twitter site at PGFL Oficial again. So let's finish up with the uh, legends again, and let's give the recap there. Uh, the LFL broadcast on YouTube, again, it wasn't the best quality, so sorry about that, guys. But we'll, uh, in week two, the Omaha Heart, uh, they beat the expansion New England Liberty 26-6 to on Saturday night at Ralston Arena. Uh, the Heart, with the new coaching staff and the re-energized team, looked to improve in their last two seasons at this point. And you can watch the delay broadcast on the YouTube channel or and at the Legends Football League Saturday nights. Uh, the Seattle missed. Uh, they won 44-8 to against uh, Austin Acoustic. You can see that now on the LFL channel. Um, and, again, the weekend, um, the Seattle Miss, KK, the quarterback, KK Matheny, and wide receiver Jessica Hopkins, they visit Ontario versus the new-look L.A. Temptation, and they'll be playing against the Hall of Famer Monique Axiola and Cynthia Schmidt, former uh, Vegas superstar. And also the debut of quarterback Jane Caldwell, the former Steam and Brigade standout. So Coach Tui has his team set on beating the champions in the home opener. You can visit the LFL360.com for the recaps. You can also check the 2016 schedule at www.lflus.com. Oscar? All right. So a reminder, visit our Zazzle shop once again, Zazzle shop at Zazzle dot com for Oscar Iron Beauties and order your chalk no joke tees to help the Great Iron Australia Outback Girls on their journey to the IFAF 2017 tournament. Follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Beauty and on our Facebook page Great Iron Beauties. Uh, Great Iron Beauties, the number one source covering women's tackle football 24/7 with the hashtag No Joke Football. So on Twitter, we're doing it all month during in season WFA IWFL. If you got a game day photo, a game day video, anything that you need to share, you can do it on Twitter using the hashtag no joke football. No joke football, use the hashtag, send us your videos or pics to share, and we can go ahead and share them on our site so we can get the word out on your team or the, the amazing plays on game day of certain players that you want to showcase from your team. So give us a shout out out there at uh, hashtag no joke football. Don't forget to go like us on Instagram. Use uh, hashtag NoJokeFootball on your post to get the buzz going. And we have featured uh, this week, we have uh, Stephanie PC from the uh, Northern Lady Raiders of the Gridiron Victoria. And they're obviously 6-0 and on the season, so their quarterback's featured on our Instagram. Check out the amazing and talented women playing American football globally on our social sites. So, Troy, let's get us out. Yeah, I just want to give everyone some reminders again uh, this weekend. The Gridiron Victoria semifinals, let's keep an eye on that. Also, week four in the WFA and the IWFL. And also, don't forget, in the Legends Football League in week three, LA Temptation, they host the Seattle Mist. You always want to see that. It's going to be a hard-fought game in town of champions play. You want to watch that. That's going to be this Saturday, April 24th. And also, as a reminder, the LFL is now on CW and my network regional broadcast. And as always, they're on YouTube. Now, if you want to be part of the show, all you have to do is hit us up at green, uh, gridironbeauties at gmail.com, and we can get the word out on your team, league, or profile the player during the 2016 season. 
You can also go to GI Quindom and check out all the amazing stories of the talented young ladies playing No Joke Football. Always use the hashtag. And check out the www, the BBA store for the new specials from Miss Gridiron 9. Also follow at Women's, Women's Gridiron and at Joster46 for the latest news in Australia and FXF Mexico scene. All right, so thanks to Odessa Jenkins of the Dallas Elite, Michael Burnby of FanArt, and Kelly Brownson of the DC Divas for being on the show today, as well as Captain Crutches, Holly Custis of the Seattle Majestics for co-hosting with us for a little bit there. Reminder to subscribe to our podcast here, right here on Blog Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com and leave some comments if you like so we can improve our show, give us some feedback. Otherwise, you can always catch us on Twitter or Facebook you can always uh, chime in as well there. So don't forget to follow us for the latest happenings in women's gridiron news at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter on a daily basis. And we talk NFL, right, Troy, all the time, NFL all the time, with our co-host, Kishi Free. So you can find her at, at Kishi's Cuties. You can find Troy Wilson at Troy Wilson underscore one. And our former uh, co-host, Pat's Fangirl 12, Eric Lynn Anderson, during the NFL season at Pat's Fangirl 12 and Eric Brown at fit for life fit for L Y F E. So for Troy Wilson, Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez saying, thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week for the great iron blitz right here on block talk radio, ultimate sports talk. And also now on the LFL network. Thank you. Thanks for listening guys. Bye.